Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the second season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Some SpongeBob news to go over here. Uh, first off, this episode that everybody is talking about, uh, for all of the wrong reasons, it is knock knock, who's there? And it apparently got the lowest viewed episode in the history of the series with 0.34 million viewers. Um, now, everybody's freaking out about this because there's, there's so few people watching new episodes of SpongeBob. This has hit a new low. Um, you know, is SpongeBob coming to its end? And it's a complicated answer to answer because is SpongeBob going anywhere? No, absolutely. He's the top uh, of, of Nickelodeon still, as far as I'm concerned. And his merchandise is still... Uh, I, I have to imagine out of all cartoon characters in the world, he's got to be in the top three in merchandise sales. So how could so few people watch this show? And and it comes down to a lot of factors. First off, cable is dying. Cable is a, is a dying breed year after year. Less and less people are going to tune in live to something on cable that they can watch on a streaming service in the comfort of their own home at any time of the day that they want or during the night. So... Until we, we get over that fact and start looking at the streaming numbers, which is what is going to be leading entertainment moving forward, cable is not going to be the barometer of what people enjoy. So if in 2021, SpongeBob has the least viewed new episode of its run, that, that doesn't surprise me. Um, uh, uh, but another thing that is a problem here is they've been airing new episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants on Friday nights, I've noticed. And for those that don't know, Friday nights is a, is a death spot for most shows. Um, now, you might think with cartoons, that's different. Come on, I grew up with Cartoon Cartoon Fridays and Friday Night Nicktoons. What do you mean? Friday nights are not a good place to air this content. Well, back when we were kids, fry, everybody was home Friday. And after spending a couple hours hanging out outside, coming inside to watch some cartoons on television was a, was a ritual. But in 2021, Friday, nobody is is sitting at home anymore doing stuff. Once again, in the advent of streaming, it's not going to come down to what's being watched live. It's what's being watched the next day or the day after or a week from now. It's going to break down to how many people are watching SpongeBob on Paramount Plus in a month, in a week, in a day. Like That's what is going to keep moving things going forward. Uh, so don't look at that at that statistic and freak out because cable is just going away. And guess what? That record's going to be broken within the next year or in two years or in three years. Like there's just going to be less and less people. But I do think a part of the reason is the constant changing of, of days and times when new episodes air. The Simpsons have been around for, for over 30 years and have always strategically aired new episodes uh, on the same day at the same time, at least for as long as I can remember, like Sundays at 8 or 9 p.m., like Sunday nights are, are Simpsons, Family Guy, Animation Domination on Fox. I, I think it's smart for Nickelodeon to maybe tap into that same idea of going with Sunday nights and making Sunday nights the the new episode night. And I know they've they've switched that up before in different ways, but... Um, make it an event, make it an event to show come to like cartoon, cartoon Fridays, like Friday night Nicktoons. And if you want to make Friday nights that destination again, um, then you're going to need to change something up and, and, and stick with that permanently for at least a few years. You've got to train people to know this is where new stuff is going to air. 
uh, get them excited for it. Don't just, you know, air new episodes of SpongeBob and Fridays for, for this few months. And then in, in the next few months, air them on Sundays at noon. Like it just you're not going to get viewerships like that. But in the end, as I mentioned, the cable numbers really, really don't matter as much as they used to anymore. And, and they're going to continue to go down as time goes on. Now, I don't think cable is going to completely die out. The same way that people thought that CDs and, and like physical music would die out because it really hasn't stopped. I mean, it's it's been condensed down to where stores are comfortable, you know, holding this amount of CDs in their store. But it hasn't really sussed out 100 percent. And I don't think cable is just going to ever go that way. But certainly the the live numbers of how many people are going to tune in right when it airs are, are just not going to matter as much anymore. Now, on last week's episode, I brought up the brand new game, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants Krusty Cookoff, uh, the uh, Extra Krusty Edition, or there was something like that. Yeah, actually, it was called the Extra Krusty Edition. I, I thought I made that up on the spot when I was trying to click through tabs to like oh, get over to the page, so I know I'm saying it right. And I wow, pulled that out. Um, now I I lambasted this game last week because this is a, a mobile game, a free mobile game that you can download on your phone, on your iPad right now and play. Although it is just like every other freemium game out there, they're eventually like you'll play up into this wall where you have a point where you're either gonna have to wait like eight hours or you can pay a dollar, something like that. And this is one of those games. Like the game is is your at you know average run-of-the-mill diner dash style game where you're meticulously making orders for different customers in a set amount of time and and juggling a lot at once um eventually what happens is the customer orders can't outlast your kitchen equipment and to upgrade your qu kitchen equipment it requires more coins and eventually you run out of uh, uh lives or the amount of time to be able to cook and and whatnot it's a freemium game so it was ported over to the Switch with a price tag of $30. And from the information that I was able to gather uh, of that day, uh, it, it just seemed like an absolutely wild idea. But I did say that I would eventually buy the game and, and give it its thought. And I still haven't bought the game. But I wanted to mention it here because a fan of the show, Melanie, reached out to mention that she purchased it on her Nintendo Switch and that a lot of the freemium elements of the game have been removed for the Nintendo Switch version. Um, and there's actually no DLC costumes put into the, the game yet, although those may come down the pike at some point. It seems that the, the DLC portion of the game was just kind of added there, and, and who knows um, when or if they'll add something to it. Um, so it seems like there isn't a waiting element, but at the same time, it sounds like it is just kind of the game from mobile put on your Switch. So... $30 is a hefty price tag still. I'll probably still end up buying it. Um, but for those fans out there who want to support the game, I, I would wait for a, a nice uh, a sale on that. I mean, honestly, thinking about the game as is, I mean, if it was five bucks, I, I probably would have bought it day one. If it was $10, I maybe would have bought it after finding out that the freemium stuff was was gone. 10 bucks really seems reasonable. Um, even 15, I'm like... At that point, I'm starting to to squint a little bit. Like, yeah, I'm I'm okay with 15, not really, but I'll do it. Um, and then anything over that, I just start, uh, you know, clamming up there. Like, oh, that's a lot of money to spend for this game. I, I do enjoy the game as as it stands. I I've enjoyed it. I have it on my iPad. I have it on my phone. Uh, I've played it enough. So, uh, but if you have an extra 30 bucks lying around and you really just feel like trying something new, definitely don't buy this game. <laughs> 
There's other games you can spend. A Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated is 30 bucks. If you haven't purchased that, spend your 30 bucks on that. But if you have some eShop currency sitting around for the Switch and, and you're, you're not going to use it on anything else and it's 30 bucks, go ahead and buy this. Try it out. Let me know how you like it. And the last thing to go over here was a, a post that Paul Tibbet put out on Twitter uh, going over the uh, the third SpongeBob SquarePants movie and and a poster of its original incarnation. Now, for fans of SpongeBob, you should know that the third movie went through a lot of different revisions and rewrites, and at one point had an incredibly wacky premise, which pitted SpongeBob Patrick and the uh, the Krusty Krab crew there of of Mr. Krabs, Squidward, and Sandy, putting them up against realistic cat aliens. Um, Paul Tibbet. Now, there's been a lot of animatics of of the time of this development of that story around the internet. You can do some research and look it up. It, it's it is fascinating to see of a concept. And Paul Tibbet released a a mock poster of of the movie, which shows just this epic rendering of SpongeBob and Squidward, Sandy, with a realistic tiger, and what appears to be Nicolas Cage and Jeff Goldblum riding a realistic tiger. In front of giant cat, you know, there's like cat play play areas and the White House on fire. There's Bubbles the Dolphin from Sponge on the Run, uh, re- who looks like he's ready to battle. Um, and we also right in the back at this epic shot of, of David Hasselhoff, who they, who they imagine they were going to bring back for this third movie with a uh, with a giant cat head in this in the, the sky shot. It is a absolutely wacky and bizarre image to exist. And just knowing that at one point in time, this is the third SpongeBob movie. It's truly bizarre. It seems that ever since the first movie, the, the, you know, whoever's running SpongeBob and making these big movies, it seems like they just want to try to get as wackier as they can. And I think Paramount pulled them down or maybe Nickelodeon did. I have no idea. Um, Sponge on the run was, uh, was more grounded, but look at where Sponge Out of Water went. Like it went into time travel and and out of our dimension and and went just left and right and all over the place with its story and lore. And it's kind of as much as I like the movie, it's a bit of a mess in terms of the story of SpongeBob SquarePants. And it looks like they were gonna take that wackiness and turn it up to ten, turn turn it up to twelve. I mean, space cats and. Uh, I, I like the addition that, that they were going to have Bubbles and David Hasselhoff to just kind of, you know, uh, bring everything together for this third movie. Um, but I'm glad we got Sponge on the run over this. Um, I would be interested to know what the whole story is. Like if there's a script out there that exists for this movie, I would be I would be prone to probably read it. I like I would just want to know exactly what goes on. Uh, but just going from this poster, it looks like they were really going out there with SpongeBob SquarePants. And I don't know, depending on who you are, you might think they made a mistake not going this route. Uh, I, I think they they went the correct route in, in, in completely ignoring this concept. But hey, like I said, if there's ever a script that exists to this thing, I would love to read it just to know how wacky it truly gets. And before we get into today's episode of I'm Your Biggest Fanatic, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Look, Dr. Manowar, the guy who got stung by Big Lenny and lived. And now it only hurts when you touch it. (laughs) Touch. Do I have to follow you all day? Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. 
Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Th- <laughs> Yummy. I can't believe it. How did you know? Ah, Everybody loves pie. I'm your biggest fanatic is the second part of the 30th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, and it premiered April 14th, 2001. It was written by Jay Lender, William Reese, and Doug Lawrence. This is by far one of my favorite season two episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants and one of my favorite episodes, I think, of the entire series. I'm not sure. It's probably top 10, but I'd say it's it's definitely closer to the to the 10 spot than it is to the one spot. But nonetheless, this is still as funny now as it ever was since it first premiered all the way back on April 14th, 2001. Uh, we had a lot of big debuts here and and a few staples of the SpongeBob universe that even extend beyond this episode. Uh, but before we can get to those, we got to start at the beginning. This episode starts at the uh, the biannual jellyfish convention. And it's SpongeBob and Patrick going to this jellyfish convention, which is is really sweet because they're really into jellyfishing and it's it's kind of cool to see the the culture of jellyfishing beyond you know, these two guys that are into it in Bikini Bottom. We don't see many other jellyfishers in the series. Um, We know how heavy SpongeBob and Patrick are into it and how they try to bring uh, Squidward and and Sandy jellyfishing once in a while. Like, they they try to get others into it, but um, this was a cool chance to to show off the culture of jellyfishing, the sport, the, the love of it. I mean, every sport has its own kind of conventions, fishing conventions there's ones for hunting uh you know so but you know jellyfishing is not i I mean there's fishing like catch and release so yeah it's it's up there with like fishing um the joke here you know immediately is that patrick just wants to touch everything and announces that he's touching everything and and there's a security guard slash cop who even though he come he continually comes over to Patrick to remind him to not touch like after four or five times then comes up with the line of do i have to follow you all day and it's like you'd think after the second time you'd have to ask that question not after like the fifth or fourth come on guy um but SpongeBob loses his mind when he comes across the jelly spotters which is a is an enthusiast group of jellyfishers, uh, and he and he mentions they're from Bikini Bottom, so it's nothing like out of town 
you know, showcasing at this convention. They're a local jellyfish group. Um, I guess it's just one of those things like I, I don't, you know, obviously there's a, in my town, there's a fishing store. There's definitely like a, a mom and pop shop that you can go to and get lures and poles and I'm sure live bait. Um, I don't know if there's a fishing club like there. I imagine there is. I imagine there's a group of them that maybe they're not even like officially known, but there's just like an underground club. But, um, you know, the jelly spotters had their own stand here and everything. So they seemed pretty official. I uh, <laughs> there's one club I know of in town that uh, I remember because they constantly like their car is in every parade. They have it at every like town event. And there is a doo-wop group in town. Uh, of old, some a group of old timers singing the singing the oldies there, uh, and they have this car set up with these massive speakers that plays like plays their music. So good for them, but uh, but yeah. So SpongeBob immediately when he sees the Jelly Spotters, he is uh, uh, just starstruck at, at the sight of uh, especially the leader of the Jelly Spotters, Kevin the Cucumber. This is our uh, debut of uh, Kevin C. Cucumber, who would not be regularly used moving forward, but it was a nice little extra character to because he had a very memorable episode. This is a super memorable episode for Kevin. Uh, he didn't have to appear very much. Uh, Bubble Bass kind of had that with Pickles, and and this was Kevin's moment. So um, he has showed up recently. He definitely was in an episode of Camp Coral, a, a young Kevin Cucumber. So uh, he, he hasn't been forgotten, but he has a he has a lasting impact. And it comes from this episode. Uh, SpongeBob immediately fans out at uh, at Kevin and just is is only able to say uh, hi, Kevin, which um, shout out to Kevin. uh Kevin out there. I, I'm not going to say the last name just because I, I don't know how people are with uh, with their identities being out there. Uh, but I have a Kevin in my life that when we were younger, I would. Uh, that's how I would just like say hi to him for for just years. That was just a thing between us. Uh, and he absolutely loved it. He, he, he enjoyed SpongeBob, loved this episode. So he, he played along with it fairly well. Uh, so th this this played a lot into my my childhood here of of uh, of d my interactions with people, especially uh, Sp not as bad as SpongeBob, though. I was never that bad. That, that's an inside joke. I would never actually go up to any any celebrity and be that that uh, that like fanish on them. SpongeBob eventually gets on stage and is able to talk a little bit more to the jelly spotters and explain how big of a fan he is. And then he wants to wants to basically hang out with the group, wants to be a part of the group. Uh, Kevin just uh, goes through like jump off a jump off a building. SpongeBob does it. Punch yourself in the face. SpongeBob does it. Uh, SpongeBob offers to punch yourself, punch himself harder with a with a steel like night gauntlet with spikes, which Kevin absolutely just died laughing at. And this is a funny trivia fact is that both the I believe both the punching the the boxing glove. I know the steel gauntlet shows up in the SpongeBob SquarePants movie video game. Uh, and I I believe maybe the uppercut first starts out as the punching glove 
and then you upgrade it later on to the gauntlet. But yeah, they they both show up in that, which is is pretty cool. There's pretty yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool uh, deep cut to this. There's another deep cut we'll get. Uh, actually, you know what? No, we we missed this deep cut. Uh, one of the exhibits at the Jellyfish Convention is of Big Lenny, who is a massive man of war looking jellyfish if you if, if you don't know what a portuguese man of war is please look this thing up it is a fascinating creature it looks like a jellyfish but uh apparently it's it's of a different kind of species than what you think of a jellyfish is uh but it, it's it is just oh god it's it's so creepy i am i am so fascinated and bewildered by the ocean at the same time like the creatures that are in it I am fascinated by all of them, but some, some like the Portuguese man of war just like make me squeamish. Um, but yeah, Big Lenny is supposed to be this massive jellyfish with this angry face that stung this one, uh, this one doctor who has this massive boil on his face. Looks like Elmer from the the Fairly Odd Parents. Uh, and so Big Lenny is actually a boss. In the next video game that we're actually looking at uh, for Video Bob Game Pants, which is uh, uh, Operation Krabby Patty, the PC game, the point-click PC game, uh, I believe it's that game. Big Lenny appears as a uh, as like a, a boss on the field there, like uh, his picture shows up. But that's uh, it, crazy that so much of uh, so much of the video game content came from this episode. So anyway, uh, Kevin. Upon finding out how much SpongeBob is willing to go through to become a jelly spotter, that he's willing to hurt himself, he he's in you know I let we should we should bring this guy out jellyfishing with us. The anchovies that make up the rest of the jelly spotters bring up that he's a geek, and Kevin admits, yeah, I know. I want to see how much we can get him hurt. They they want to make fun of SpongeBob. They want to see how much he can get hurt. The ironic twist being that while they're out on jellyfish fields, SpongeBob is the jellyfish guru. He is the master. Every obstacle that Kevin throws at SpongeBob, thinking that it's going to be a challenge, ends up biting Kevin back. Every single jellyfish that SpongeBob catches ends up stinging Kevin, which ends up being a running gag. Kevin gets his eyes stung, his nose stung, his ears, his buttocks, his fingers, his entire body just becomes this mass of boils, which after almost every time getting stung, almost on cue, one of the anchovies comes in right in the background. <laughs> Gotta love it. Each and every time. Wonderful moments. Um the entire time SpongeBob seemingly is oblivious to the fact that that Kevin is just trying to mess with him. Uh, he keeps moving forward with all of the plans uh, uh, that that Kevin keeps placing in front of him. Ultimately, it gets to the boiling point in which Kevin has his final test, his final test, which if SpongeBob completes, he will then become one of the jelly spotters. This test is about catching a queen jellyfish. So they rig SpongeBob up in the middle of the field with his arms and legs hung up, uh, and they put a, a call in his mouth, a whistle, 
which is apparently a a queen jellyfish whistle or a big jellyfish whistle, but the whistle ends up just repeating, just saying loser, just saying loser. Actually, can we just play that clip? Loser, loser. Much easier. Um, so SpongeBob is is stuck out there. Uh, we are shown all day, which the one unfortunate thing. The here's a here's a positive. I absolutely adore the the work that went into the backgrounds of a lot of this episode the a lot of the jellyfish field segments are so beautifully painted and drawn uh and even the 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 video up above when we're at bikini otoll during this moment of spongebob and his call we are shown a passage of time of bikini otoll going from uh, a blue sky to a reddish sunset and when we go back down to jellyfish fields they didn't copy that sunset. Like I, I wish they would have went with that, that it was later day, but it was still blue skies down in bikini bottom. But anyway, queen jellyfish eventually shows up and stings SpongeBob upon in which we find out that the queen jellyfish is actually a robot, a machine being controlled by Kevin and the rest of the jelly spotters uh, to, to just, mess with spongebob to scare him to sting him uh to make fun of him spongebob proclaims that he is kevin's biggest fan in which kevin points out a a cliff a very dark moment like a very dark joke but uh you know spongebob says "I, i was your biggest fan and kevin goes oh yeah so were they and you're shown that the cliff that they're near has a a group of fish surrounding a campfire and and one of them shouts that they notice Kevin and they're all Kevin fans and they're all super stoked to see him even though we are basically told that Kevin put them down there and here's the kicker is that if you pay attention to the group of fish down there you will notice one Fred the fish who is shown laying down with a seemingly broken leg a, a nice play on the my leg joke very early on here in the show. Uh, just absolutely uh, funny gag there. But we are then shown King Jellyfish coming into the screen uh, as royal as can be with the crown and the cape. Such a massive creature like the Queen Jellyfish is already big, but then the King Jellyfish is just absolutely massive. Uh, so we get the debut of King Jellyfish here, uh, who Kevin proclaims. Now, this is uh, just very scientific. When uh, King Jellyfish shows up on the screen, Kevin says, uh, Nideria Rex. You wouldn't know what he's talking about unless you're like into biology or uh, or animology or the studying of animals, if you will. But uh, uh, Nideria is the phylum of mostly aquatic marine invertebrate. So it's basically jellyfish uh, for Latin, Latin for jellyfish, and Rex is Latin for the king. So Nideria Rex is is Latin for king jellyfish. There's some, there's some uh, tidbits for you, some knowledge. King jellyfish is, uh, is fascinated by the queen jellyfish, and an ensuing race begins which of of course leads to the the queen jellyfish robot being not of use and uh, Kevin being exposed. The king jellyfish knows who Kevin is. He actually says Kevin uh, angrily, by the way. So 
I I don't know what like it's I'm kind of fascinated to know what I'm fascinated that there's history there and I want to know what happened. Like how does the king jellyfish angrily know Kevin? What for what reason? Uh so so everybody eventually just gets stuck in this cave in jellyfish fields. The king then sports his his best football gear because he starts ramming into the mountain to get the characters out. Everybody is stuck in there. Um, Kevin is shown to be a real coward in this situation and not really prepared to be a leader. Um, he proclaims that he only got into jellyfishing because of the fashion, and we get a little bit of a of an up close joke to how he's dressed, uh, as if. I don't know. I, I'm sure there's people out there who do find that fashionable. So I don't know if really it's a joke. Who knows? Uh, I guess it's it's if you're tasting a fashion. If 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 that looks laughable, then I guess it's funny. And if it doesn't, then it's not. It is what it is. Uh, uh, SpongeBob then takes the reins of the situation, goes out to confront the King Jellyfish, and uses his bubble-blowing powers to create a massive slice of pie on a plate bubble which the king is thoroughly happy with and content in taking and and leaving the fields uh, uh spongebob is then uh, denied he, he's actually he's thanked by the jelly spotters for saving it for saving them and then denied entry into the group because ultimately he didn't catch a queen jellyfish and that was his final test the uh, the anchovies at this point, after being berated, I don't know if I mentioned how much Kevin kind of berated the the anchovies of the jelly spotters, but he he was very rough with them throughout the episode. Uh, but at this point, they they angrily go over and rip the the top part of his his body off the the yellow part that looks like a crown that they place on SpongeBob's head to signify that. SpongeBob might be the leader of the Jelly Spotters. Uh, SpongeBob claims that he didn't know it was a hat, to which we get uh, a shot of Kevin ripped off with it ripped off of his head. Uh, it was not a hat. That was uh, that was just the top part of his body. He is a sea cucumber after all. Uh, we then head back over to the Jellyfish Convention with SpongeBob and Patrick finally meeting back up. SpongeBob proclaiming that he is just over Kevin C. Cucumber and he's over the Jelly Spotters and Patrick is is happy that he got over his hero obsession. What I failed to mention earlier is that when we last saw Patrick, he was chasing after, uh, after kind of making fun of SpongeBob and his obsession uh, of, of heroes. He sees a guy who walks by in a very childish looking jellyfish costume to which Patrick screams out, Jeffrey Jellyfish, I have to touch you, and gets chased by the cop. But he chases after Jeffrey Jellyfish. Uh, Patrick here is now shown with Jeffrey Jellyfish tied up in a wagon and just riding off of them, just just taking Jeffrey Jellyfish away from the Jellyfish convention. Uh, it, it, it's a wonderful joke. And the other thing I really want to mention is there's a wonderful amount of old-school music tracks that like remind me of Ren and Stimpy in this episode that are in the background. I, I don't know if they still use those old kind of tunes in newer SpongeBob episodes. I really hope they do. And if they don't, they should start bringing that kind of aesthetic back because that might help 
bring an old school feeling of SpongeBob back to the newer episodes. I don't know if they use the old music like they like they used to, but that was a refreshing here. And that is I'm your biggest fanatic. I don't think I uh, missed anything other than the fact that, yes, uh, eventually Kevin would would make a reappearance. And, and I think uh, the jellyfish convention itself would be used in another episode. I, I definitely know it, it was not the only time we would ever see SpongeBob and Patrick in some sort of uh, situation where they're either going to coming from uh, a jellyfish convention. A lot of elements of this episode have appeared in a lot of video games. As I mentioned, Operation Krabby Patty, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie video game. Nicktoons Unite has a statue of Kevin Cucumber uh, near Jellyfish Fields, if I remember, or because I don't think it would be in Bikini Bottom. Um, uh, Kevin Kevin's ointment, the, the billboards for Kevin's own personal jellyfish sting ointment. Uh, has been seen in so many billboards in various SpongeBob games. There, there's a lot uh, coming from this. This is a pretty big episode in SpongeBob's uh, canon here. I don't know why I said canon. <laughs> uh, it's just a big episode in the in the run. But that's uh, I'm your biggest fanatic, and that is that means that is the end of the podcast. Thank you for joining me. If you are a fan of the content I am putting out, please subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. All of the all of the links are fully available and easy to find. Uh, the The easiest thing you can do to help out the show is to share the show. Uh, that's how we can grow and build this ship, so that we're able to fit everybody, and that uh, we can we can build other ideas out further beyond SpongeBob SquarePants. I would love to do this kind of show for every Nicktoon, and hopefully uh, we'll get there one day. Um, but thank you for joining me. Thank you for, be for being a part of the Ready Crew. I'm Captain Eric, and we'll see you next week. Hi, Patrick. Hi, SpongeBob. Did you get into that club? Yeah, but I turned him down. It's not about Kevin. It's about Jellyfish. SpongeBob, I'm glad you learned your lesson. Hero worship is unhealthy. Come on, Jeffrey. Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy.